Power Radio presents Out of the Fog. Join intuitive guide and spiritual teacher Karen Hager for lively, positive conversation with lightworkers, healers, and dynamic wisdom keepers. Get ready for inspiration and connection. This is Out of the Fog on Empower Radio. Here's your host, Karen Hager. Hello and welcome to Out of the Fog. I'm Karen Hager. Each week at this time, we gather for spiritual conversation and enlightening guests, and I'm glad you're here. Time and distance are no barrier to energy, and that means that no matter when you're listening, no matter how you found us, you are here for a reason. And I hope that something in the next hour lights you up and helps you move forward. Now, from the time that we're just little tiny tots, most of us get used to following the lead of others. We follow our parents, we follow our teachers, we follow our friends. And by the time we're grown, we may come to a place on our journey where we realize that we're still following the guideposts of others, still looking at the way we are reflected in the eyes of others and feeling like we're completely lost. My guest on today's show is Maura Sweeney, and she's here to share some ideas about how we can pick up on our internal leads to become full-fledged adults so that we can navigate our way toward a more synergized, more harmonious, and more empowered life. Are you ready to meet her? Author, podcaster, and international speaker Maura Sweeney has transformed her personal mantra of living happy inside out into a successful business. She inspires others to live happier, healthy, and more productive lives. Maura's empowering content is found on iTunes, YouTube, The Huffington Post, Amazon, and in a new e-course, The Foundations of Happiness. You can find out more about Maura and her work at mauraforyou.com. Maura, welcome to Out of the Fog. Oh, Karen, thank you. And if you talk to my husband, he might say I'm still there in the fog. (laughs) But I am thrilled to be on your program. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I'm glad you're here. And I think maybe where we'll start is I'd love to start with your personal journey. You are known as the happiness ambassador. You bring happiness wherever you go. Did you really, have you always been just super perky and happy and enthusiastic and everything was perfect? No, hardly. <laughs> and I love to, you know, I'm, I'm actually a very good living story about how we can transform our lives from the inside out, which is why my mantra is living happy from the inside out. I am sure I came into this world quite happy, free, as probably most young children will. Um, but I was also very much aware as a child that I did not feel happy. I did not feel free. Um, and I, I gather that there was this ongoing issue between the little me that, or the big me maybe that lived inside a little tiny body as a child who wanted to fully express herself, whose mind would challenge maybe the status quo or things that she felt were absolutely crazy in the world. And yet if she ever asked about them, you know, she was told to put a lid on it. And so I really, as a young child, um, felt very much like I was living inside of a box and that in many ways I was limited. And I don't mean to make it sound like I had this terrible childhood because that would be not true. But I think people might understand it when I describe the difference between having a very free spirit and living in a world and an environment, family environment, social environment, doesn't matter, that speaks of limitation, restriction, and patterning. 
And I really spent several years, more than several years, feeling not happy. And yet, when I was a small child making a decision that even though there were many things I couldn't do as a child, that I was going to grow up to be a happy adult who felt comfortable in her own skin and also felt free in the sense that I could live out my life in a way that felt authentic to me and where I could really express the real me rather than the patterned me that I was brought up under, which included a lot of a lot of limitation, a lot of fear, a lot of fear of death, a lot of fear of impending danger. And it was a lot to overcome. A lot. Does do you think being happy means that you don't carry those fears? No, I'm not going to say that. Um, what I'd like to say when people hear that I'm the ambassador of happiness, which is what I ultimately became trademarked as because I really wrote about living happy from the inside out. But people probably hear that and think, okay, the girl walks around with pink shoes and stardust. Mm-hmm. And that is not it at all. I would say happiness is our natural birthright. It is our ultimate inheritance. I believe happiness is the place we all come from. It's our truth. And yet, in order to get from where we are, and some of us, like myself, might have felt less than happy, maybe below the midpoint, it's a matter of constantly pressing through, on the one hand, a lot of the fears that do restrict us or the ideas that maybe impede us. But on the other hand, it's going inward or upward, however you'd like to speak of it, to find that place within or above where happiness and absolute universal, true, and eternal love abides. And I would say that was really the story of my life. I was constantly challenged, and I know even these days, I'm sure there's always something that's challenging me, um, to stay maybe where I am right now, to be fearful of things I don't know, to be challenged by things in the world that maybe make me feel daunted or small or incapable, um, or stopping and remembering my true source, remembering reality, which is that place of love where we all come from, and then making sure that everything I operate out of comes from that place. And that's been my very slow, but very ongoing and deliberate life story, really transforming myself from the inside out so that there are people who've looked at me, you know, from years ago and they said, Maura, those pictures of you cannot possibly be you because I actually emanated ageism, um, fear, heaviness, um, you know, just to give you one, one idea about how deeply it went with me. When I was in my mid-30s, I had our daughter at the time. I was out on a bicycle ride, and I had my daughter in the back. She was probably two years old. And I said to my husband, oh, my gosh, I just saw something. I said, do you realize I have been wearing death like a cloak my entire life? And in that very quick moment, as I'm having a fun time out, you know, riding my bicycle with my daughter in tow, I could see a vision of myself. And I was wearing, think about Little Red Riding Hood, who was wearing her red cape. And it was not only over her shoulders and covering her uh, her back, but it was also over her head like a drape. Mine was all black. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I can't believe what I saw. My mind and the backdrop of my mind 
was so draped with thoughts of, of death, with the fear of death, that even when I was a little child, if you were to look at me and look at photos of me, you could see that I was carrying it with me. And to look at me today, you would not see death, even though I'm a lot older. <laughs> That's, it, it's a true thing, I believe, about the spiritual journey that sometimes those big revelations, those where everything changes in an instant, it can happen in such an ordinary way. A lot of people work real hard. I've got to get to the big vision. I've got to the big, get to the big revelation. When the truth is those things happen when you're riding your bike with your daughter. They happen when you're brushing your teeth. They happen when you're in the shower. And that's kind of how you know you've hit that authentic place. You're right. How funny you would say the shower or brushing your teeth. My husband will laugh at me. You know, it could be when I'm on the bike with my daughter or when I'm vacuuming or cleaning the floor. Some of those very mundane places where maybe we're just concentrating on the moment. And that's where an idea, an awareness, uh, a revelation comes to mind. And they're not the same as ideas that are normally coming out of our intellect. And when they happen, they're life-changing, life-altering, freeing, and we're never the same again. And I always remind myself of those places and those times because what they serve as are, um, they serve as a counterpoint to any of those times when I feel like I'm daunted by the old contrived mind. And I think all of us go through that at some point. You know, we might have different things that daunt us in life, but they have the same outcome in that they make us smaller, um, feeling more vulnerable, less expansive, less loving, um, more fearful than if we were abiding in that place of ultimate love and expansiveness. Mm, That's beautiful and very true. I heard you talk about patterning, the stories that we tell ourselves, the stories that other people have told us about ourselves, the story society or our culture tells us about how we must be and how we must live. And those little moments where the light shines through on the bike or in the shower or while you're doing the dishes and looking out the window, those little moments are pattern breakers, aren't they? They disrupt that what's what becomes our usual flow yeah they are and I, I tell you I always think I wish I could live in those moments on an every single day basis and yet I'll also like to share something else you know we can transform because we do get those aha moments that allow us to see ourselves through a completely different lens I would say it's almost like looking at our lives through a higher lens and we get to see the lies or the gray areas that we've been living under but then I've also experienced other places and times in my life where I have literally had to undo patterning on an ongoing basis. And, you know, since you and I have never spoken and chances are likely your listeners have not heard of me before, when I was small, I I wanted to dance. I wanted to dance. I wanted to travel. I wanted to be outside having fun with my friends. But I was brought up very patterned to be extremely polite. I mean, if you could gather a picture of a little girl growing up in the early 60s, I I was wearing dresses. I had the gloves that I wore uh, when I went out. I wanted to to dance, but instead I was taking piano lessons, Mm -hmm. and everything I did had to be just as a very nice young girl would do. Well, there was nothing wrong with that, but the other side of it, Karen, was that 
I never got a chance to just go out and have fun and be that crazy young child who could just roll and, you know, roll in the grass and have a good time. I didn't learn how to dance until I turned almost 50 years old. That was when I started learning how to dance. And so if you can imagine someone being brought up in a very controlled, very, let's say, regimented environment, I was supposed to be a lawyer. So that meant my entire training was more, you know, I wasn't a dater. I wasn't a partier. Um, I probably wouldn't have even been too much of either. You know, I was not a wild child growing up, but my mind was so impressed upon and the fear in me so, um, so strong that I had to do things a certain way that by the time I started learning how to dance at close to 50 years old, I was absolutely like a... Um, I was so out of my element that I could remember thinking I couldn't put one foot in front of another. I was fighting things like, oh, I'm too old. Can I do this? What are other people thinking of me? It was so much mental baggage. But Karen, I knew within me that that was a, a happy place that I recognized from the time I watched kids dancing on TV when I was only two years old, watching American Bandstand. I knew that dance was a place I needed to go to. So I went over and over and over again to our local college for dance classes where kids in class were laughing at me, where I almost destroyed a performance on stage. Sometimes I'd get back in my car driving home and my eyes would be stinging and I'd say to myself, I can't believe I could be this dumb, this slow, this incapable of making connections between body and mind. And yet, Karen... By doing it over and over and not giving up, I ended up breaking through to the point where a couple of years later, people said to me, oh, Maura, you are such a natural dancer. And what they didn't realize, Karen, is that it took me months and months and lessons and lessons and even a couple of years to constantly go back and repractice the very things that had daunted me. In terms of being so paralyzed, I was like a physically paralyzed person. And so sometimes I could be freed in my mind by brushing my teeth, washing dishes, being on the bike. But other times I found that I freed myself by literally undoing decades of patterning to the contrary. I guess there are various ways we do it. Some seem so easy, easy breakthroughs, and other ways require the work. But either way, um, oh, I could tell you, I feel so much happier, so much freer, and I feel like myself. And I think what a gift that is for every single one of us to be free to be who we are and who we were meant to be and literally live from our heart and explore those things we love to go beyond maybe those um uh, those frontiers that we thought, oh, I can't do that now, or I didn't have the opportunity then, or people told me I couldn't do this, and literally live out of that place to say, you know what, I can be free to explore, and just to keep doing it. And I'd say the love that that is within us, that light that's within us, is being given opportunity to shine. And even as it does, we get brighter and we sort of help others on their path too because they sense it from us. And so I feel very grateful. It's, I feel like one of the world's oldest um, late bloomers. 
<laughs> but I'm happy that I didn't give up. <laughs> you make me want to go and, and take... I keep moving on. <laughs> <laughs> you make me want to go and take violin lessons now. Um, I'm over 50 See? and um, always wanted to take violin lessons and never did it. And now, I don't know, you're giving me, you're giving me ideas now. You're a, either a bad influence or a good influence. I can't decide. Which. Oh, I hope I'm a good one. <laughs> you know, this is what I think, you know, for several years, maybe a decade or so, I had a position in corporate America. I was managing a couple of branches, which meant I'd hire, train, and develop people. And this, there's something about me, Karen, maybe because I see other, I see myself and other people, and I could hear people speak or listen to them or watch them. And in a few minutes, I could see their glory. Mm-hmm. I could see their talents. I could see the things they're drawn to. And I'm always saying to them, oh, go do it. You can be that. Because I think that as each one of us draws upon what we have within us, maybe they're hidden dreams, even if they're things we put on the back burner, but they've been within us and we bring them out to the forefront, that we start seeing the beauty of who we are. And beauty manifests in so many different ways. We start seeing our freedom. We start seeing new things appear in the world. We start seeing one another's glory. And as we do it, each one of us contributes to a better world. And then we give this silent approval to everyone else to say, now you go do the same thing. And do you know most of my writing, my speaking, my podcast, everything, and just my living, I live that way every day because I really believe that within us, within our hearts, lies a better world, a better, a better cosmos, a better lifestyle, a better form of community, better relationships, better ideas. They're so rarefied, but because we've all been conformed in some way, shape, or form to this existing world, we all deny ourselves something greater. So it's like, oh, you better pick up that, pick up that uh, violin. I'll tell you what. My daughter has one she put down. Call me up and I'll like I'll probably have my daughter sell it to you for a good price. <laughs> <laughs> well, and there's there's freedom with this too. I'm hearing you tie happiness really closely to authenticity. Not just allowing yeah. yourself to reach for that authentic self, but then to be that self, to live that way, to experiment, try new things in that divine connection, that authentic self. One of the things when I, a couple days after my 50th birthday, I found myself having coffee in a little place in San Francisco and I was sitting there with my coffee and just watching the people walk by and it occurred to me, and I admit this may sound silly, but it occurred to me, I'm 50 now. I'm a grown up. I can sit here and drink my coffee. I can get up and go into the store and buy a book or I could go back home and go to bed or I could do whatever I want. I right now am in a place of real freedom. And that might seem silly to somebody else. Of course, you're 50, you're a grown up. But for me, I had carried around for so many years that idea that people would judge me as either too young or too old or too fat or in the wrong place or not loud enough or not too loud or whatever it was. It was a wonderful moment of freedom to be there in that pleasurable moment with smelling all those good coffee smells in a place that I love on a day with a lot of potential. That was a huge gift for me. And there's freedom in connecting with the authentic self. It doesn't mean to me that I have to, that I must now take violin lessons and do a concert at Carnegie Hall, but it means that from that place of authenticity, I could try the violin lessons and see if I like them or not with equal freedom to continue as you did with the dance or to drop it if it's not right. Yeah. 
Now, you know what's interesting? You're telling me you said to yourself at age 50, I'm an adult now. You put your finger on two very interesting things. I used to have this thought growing up that I'd be dead by the time I was 30. I mean, that's how much I thought about death. There were a lot of people around me that had died when I was a child, but I really had that. So so that was one piece that limited me. And then when I hit 50, an interesting thing transpired. Even though I told you I had a corporate career, my title was the manager. So you think, okay, I'm an adult. I could could have easily supported a family of four. I was highly responsible in many ways. And yet, because I was so accustomed to taking my cues from the outside world, from all the authorities, those I knew, those I could make up, I still saw myself as a minor, M-I-N-O-R, as in a child, a youth, as in one who really didn't have the freedom to fully express herself. Now, interestingly, that's really where I think I came of age as well. And, you know, you'd say a couple of years ago, 50 was considered definitely old. 30 used to be old. 50 was really old. And yet today we're living in a different era. 50 years old for me was a time when our only child was, you know, was in college. It meant that I had nothing to hold me back. I had done my work. Um, I had I had done various things in my life that allowed me to have freer time Um and to really express myself. And so I accepted it as my opportunity. You know, for yours, it was to get the coffee. For mine, it was to step in different arenas that prior to that point, I felt I couldn't go into. I denied myself. And I started thinking, but why am I doing this? Let me just step out. And every time I did, Karen, the old me, just sort of disappeared. It was sort of like layer by layer of patterning went away. It was like the undoing process, sort of like an onion being peeled away. And then when you get to the bottom of the onion, you think, oh, what a fresh life I have. It's me. And I'm just happy being myself. I don't have to prove myself to anyone. I don't have to do anything stupendous. I can just be the me I'd like to be. And it just feels very beautiful. And, um, it really does. It's affirming. But I also think that self-affirmation lends itself to affirming others around us, which means as we get free, we tend to become a personality that helps others get free too, hopefully earlier than 50. <laughs> <laughs> well, and there's, so we, so happiness is that authentic self. Happiness is that movement, that response to divine love. Happiness is the freedom and the empowerment then to be our real selves. I agree with you very strongly with that idea that when we are uh, lifted in ourselves, when we affirm ourselves that we then are available to, through maybe what we say or what we teach or how we are in the world, that we are then can help lift up other people. I think that's very true. Yes. You know what I really think? I think it's the spirit within us, our spirit self rather than the ego self, the trained self. When that spirit is just allowed to emanate and come through naturally, people feel it. It's like suddenly when you're around people of a similar, um, let me say, just a brighter spirit, a lighter spirit, a freer spirit, you tend to get caught in that same spirit. You relate to it, and there is um, a freedom that comes with it. You can't really see it. You can't put your finger on it, but you can feel it 
when you're in the presence of it. And I, I really believe that is the expression of the higher world. And when I was very young, I actually believed in a better world, but it took me something like 50 years to go through and live in the world that we're in and experience all parts of it, going through school, you know, college. I left law school because that was not making me happy and it definitely didn't make me feel free. You know, years of marriage, child rearing, all of that, aging. And here I am thinking, you know what? I know there is a world that is real, that is so much more beautiful, so much more loving, so much more rarefied. And I want to do my part to live an authentic way in love, through love, and connecting with other people so that I can start seeing more and more of that real world show up. And I really think that we're at a time right now in, in the world, in society, where people are ready for that. They're ready for the what's next, what's new, because we know the old world is a very hard place. It is, and that's, I know. Exhausting. <laughs> well, it is, and I, we're coming right up against the break, but one of the things that I want to ask you when we come back after this short break is I'd like to ask you about the way things are. We're not at a happy time here, especially those of us in, in the United States, not a happy time. I'd love to talk with you a little bit more about having that happy experience even in an unhappy time and lots more. You're listening to Out of the Fog and my guest is Maura Sweeney. Now her website is maura4u.com that's M-A-U-R-A the number four and then the letter u.com maura4u.com she's the author of the Heart of Happiness series of books. She's the creator of the Foundations of Happiness e-course and we'll be right back with more with Maura Sweeney. We'll be right back after this. Do you get tired of styling your hair every day? And do you want a good hairstyle every day? Hi, I'm Sarah Schuster. I went on a website called inventnow.org, and after that, I decided to invent something too. Something called the Insta-Do. Just imagine, you just put it over your head like a helmet does, and you pick your hairstyle with the buttons on the side, and you can have instant hairstyle in seconds. People like it. People like Jeff Bart. I like it. And people like Kenneth. It's a summer thing, and it fits over your head, and it's great. Thank you, Kenneth. You should go to inventnow.org, and it could help you come up with your own invention. After all, look at me on the radio now. Anything's possible. Keep thinking. Get started on your own inventions or just play some games at inventnow.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, the National Inventors Hall of Fame Foundation, and the Ad Council. Hey, Larry, mind if I sit down? Nope. This coffee tastes like uh, coffee. So what's going on? Not much. What's new? Not much. Okay, but can you please put the newspaper down while you say not much? What newspaper? This newspaper. Oh, dude, what happened to your face? I see one, two, three, four, five, six. Dude, what is this? 11 pieces of toilet paper stuck to your face? I'm shaving in the dark to save energy. I'm helping the environment. That's a dangerous way to help the environment. Well, sometimes you have to sacrifice yourself for the greater good. Dude, there's an easier and safer way to help the environment without sacrificing yourself. Go green, go public. Take public transportation. It's good for the environment and you won't have to live behind a newspaper. Wow. But for now, put the newspaper back up. A message from the public transportation systems across the country. To learn more, visit publictransportation.org. 
Welcome back to Out of the Fog. I'm Karen Hager, and I'm talking with Maura Sweeney. She is the author of the Art of Happiness series. Those are books you can find on Amazon.com. She's the creator of the new Foundations of Happiness e-course. And of course, you can also listen to her podcast, Happy Inside Out, on iTunes and Stitcher and all over the place. You can find out more about Maura and her work at MauraForYou.com. That's M-A-U-R-A, the number four, the letter U, com, And of course, I invite you to check out KarenHager.com. That's a great place to find out who's coming up next on the show. We've got some great guests programmed for you right up through the end of the year and into 2017. So head over to KarenHager.com and see who's coming up on this fabulous little radio program we've got going here. Now, Maura, before the break, we you were just starting to say that there is a better world, a higher world, that we're realizing that the old way, the old world is is difficult, is heavy, that we can't sustain it. I'm like a lot of other people, I think, caught up. There's all this stuff around the election. There's all this other stuff going on in the world, and there's violence and war. And these kinds of things may tend to hmm, pull us back into those old patterns, build us, pull us back into the maybe the protective ways that we learned when we were a child. Be quiet. Don't do anything. Don't say anything. Make yourself small. And yet, to me, at least, it feels like this is the opposite of how we are meant to be responding. What can you share with us about kind of keeping that happiness level even when times are not so happy? Oh, yes. You know, this is interesting. Just at the bottom of the hour when you were uh, starting to touch on this uh, presidential election here in the United States, and chances are when this airs, I think we might already have the election. I don't know. Oh, you're right. Right? Well, I haven't spoken about this openly, but thank you for even broaching the subject because I mentioned earlier, I left law school. I was supposed to be a lawyer. I was a political science major in college. I even worked as an intern for Teddy Kennedy. Although I didn't want to be a lawyer, I never lost my interest, and I mean a keen interest, in the foundations of government, the foundations of money, even though I was never really interested in money for myself. And thirdly, the foundations of religion, even though I can't tell you I was ever a religionist. I was more of a spiritual type person. And this election rolled around. And I said to my husband, Jimmy, I know that I need to be paying very close attention to what's happening this 
presidential election, not having any idea we are going to find ourselves where we are right now. And let me share what I am seeing. I am seeing a time when all of us here in America, and by the way, we may be doing this here in the United States, but people around the world watch what's going on here. I travel globally, and I'm always surprised how people know more about what's going on in the United States than most Americans do. But right now, everything coming forth in this presidential election process is forcing us as members of the American public to confront our collective unconscious. Now, we don't realize this, but we are looking at our own guilt, our own bad behaviors, our own prejudices, our own hypocrisies. We are forcing ourselves to choose sometimes between two candidates, neither of which are really liked, neither of which are the epitome of greatness when it comes to being uh, an evolved individual. And you find one party fighting against the other. And what they're really doing when I speak of hypocrisy is that oftentimes a lot of the arguing that goes on means that people are trying to defend themselves while they are poking fun or finding fault with a member of the opposite party, not realizing that their own candidate and their own party has issues. And so, so many people are getting very frightened, very agitated, very, um, I think you referenced the word before, some of them are even acting violently, but I think that's a, a form of fear acting out. But the flip side of it is this. We are literally looking at a lot of the things that were in our culture, in our subconscious, and we're now facing it on an outward level. And we're thinking, who are we? It's forcing us to wake up to our frightening realities, to our real hidden thoughts. It's causing us to wake up to personal responsibility. And I would also say to self-governance and to adulthood, because so much has been done within our government over the course of time when we went to sleep, left everything up to all the experts. And sometimes we look nowadays and think, I don't like what's going on in Washington. I don't like the people we have to choose from. So on the one hand, what may look like things are being destroyed. It's the same time at work where a lot of us are forcing or forced to look at our own devils, you know, in the mirror to say, who am I? What's important to me? Am I a person of integrity? Do I walk in integrity? Am I a self-governing person? Or am I just going to wait for the government to do everything right for me? And I think we're going to be in even for some more surprises between now and next Tuesday. But at a time when we are very, very much struggling in this country, it's also a time when we are being forced to awaken and hopefully to grow into a better society of comprised of better individuals. And I don't think you could ever have enough laws or enough people creating laws to make us a better nation. I think we're all having to decide, are we going to be a better people? And how will we do that? Whether it's in our family, in our neighborhood, in our schools, in our jobs, um, or any other any other place in which we're working. And, you know, I could say it not only um, from the standpoint of, of reading everything that goes on in the news and reading as well the alternative media, but I have been out at a couple of the um, Hillary events. I was, uh, I was able to see Bill Clinton only a few weeks ago. Earlier last week, I was at a Pence rally. Um, I've been at several media events, and I could see people polarizing 
but yet the polarized feelings that they have are also masking this fear that they have of not wanting to know what the other side knows, not wanting to know their own dirty laundry. And that's why I say this is the exposure of America's subconscious that it's time she deals with. <laughs> and it, and it, I, I see the ways in which these kind of, um, you know, those Russian nesting dolls, you know, where you're the little tiny doll and then the yes, little bigger one over. Yes, it, we've had them. Right? There's a, there's a way mm-hmm. in which these energetic cycles that we're in, and, and you're describing that outer one, the, our system of government and the way we polarize as a society breaking into different groups. There's a way in which another underneath that is, I believe, a kind of a personal spiritual revolution or an invitation to spiritual change that brings us back to this question of happiness, that brings us into our true integrity now in our personal lives as well, so that we're called to look at the ways in which we might be projecting our own fear into the behavior of others, our partners, for example, our children, our bosses, and to take full responsibility for our actions in the world. And that's another way we get back to that place of freedom and integrity, I think. Sharon, you know something, you just took what I said and you inverted it. And it's exactly correct because we are all being forced to be individuals that live harmoniously from within, meaning that we have to decide who are we, who, who are we in relation to, right? As you said, our spouse, our neighbors, the people we work with, the people that look like us, the people that don't look like us. Who are we as individuals? And I'll tell you, if we're willing to do that one by one, and I know it's happening all over, we will literally convert the, would you use the word cosmology, of our nation. We will emerge as a better quality people. We will literally be a better people from the inside out because we will have become harmonized, maybe homogenized at some level where rather than constantly beating the drum against, you know, everybody we're afraid of or everybody who's different from us or the haves and the have-nots. Instead, we start to see one another as another version of who we are. We see our similarities rather than our differences. We look at people out of the eyes of love and not out of fear, out of abundance and not scarcity, out of light rather than darkness. And I see all of this happening, which a friend of mine said, Maura, this is like the book of that was at Armageddon, but she said, people think it's Armageddon in the Bible, and they don't realize it's an Armageddon of the mind. Mm. And I said, I think you're absolutely right, because all of the institutions that we were putting our trust in, and even individuals and titles, we are now realizing it's up to us as individuals. We change the world, and we change our world from the inside out. And so if we have external experiences that cause us to go within and and revisit who we are and what we believe in, um, my expectation is that on a daily basis, we're going more and more toward a lighter, more rarefied and better world. Mm. And when we take that even one, that's beautiful. And when we take that even one little nesting doll further, we get to that place where we then left alone with ourselves in prayer or in meditation in whatever way we connect with ourselves, whether that's through being in the present moment as we're brushing our teeth or whatever it is in that quiet moment when it's us and the divine, when it's us and what is most true of ourselves, there's that awakening happening there too. 
there's a chance for us to, and this I think is part of that authenticity and freedom we're talking about, a chance to begin to see ourselves maybe through the eyes of what I would call through the eyes of God, through the eyes of the divine. And right there, when we connect with that, that is the most authentic, the most pure, the most powerful spiritual source of everything, all action, all thought, all everything. And it feels to me that a lot of the the pain that we're in, the genuine suffering is that we get so far away from that moment of being able to see ourselves as we are seen by the divine, that we just run ourselves ragged trying to comfort ourselves when we're actually looking in the, in the wrong direction. You're right. You're right. Even what I'm hearing as you're speaking, Karen, I just even got this sense of people and I have been around them. In fact, I've had several conversations with people who bright, educated people, absolutely fearful and at wit's end on both sides of the political spectrum, thinking no matter what it is, it's going to be terrible if it doesn't go out their way. And, um, Here's the interesting thing. When we are really, really fearful and we have external things we can no longer trust in, where do we go? Where do we go? But we go to God. We go to that source. We go to the place that maybe that we don't even have a name for, where we're looking for ultimate truth, where we're looking for a place of safety, of peace. And so no matter, I look at all of this. I really do see it bringing us all to a better place. That doesn't mean every single person is going to get up tomorrow and sing Kumbaya. We know that. (laughs) But those hard places in our lives bring us oftentimes to breakthroughs where we face ourselves, we face our fears, we give ourselves over to something bigger, start trusting in something bigger, or even looking to something bigger and then we have a breakthrough. And as we have a private breakthrough, that very breakthrough ends up having a breakthrough in the world. And we just manage to brighten the world around us. And people do this one by one, but as they do it, they change the nature of our communities. They change the tenor of our societies. They change the atmospheres in which we live. And we go from places that feel very belligerent and very frightening places that feel very calm and very supportive. And that truly is what I I believe we're going through right now. I don't think it's an easy place, but I believe that that is where it's bringing us. And I also think there's a place in all, in many of us. Karen, you know what I said a few of, on the first half hour? 50 used to be considered old years ago. Right now, 50 is middle age. There are people that have to come up with new paradigms to say, Now what do I do? I have decades in front of me. How do I redefine my life in a way that makes sense, that makes me feel real, that makes me feel purposeful, that gives me a reason to be here, that gives me a reason to wake up tomorrow? What is the way in which I see myself? What can I contribute? What can I gain from this world? What can I give to this world? And so we are all looking for new ways to see ourselves in a world that will continue. And really, it's sort of up to us to decide how we're going to continue. And I think there's so many people so tired and so run down from a world that's sort of run its course that we're going to see some new things emerging and some good things. How can we start if if somebody's listening to this and they're like, yeah, this is all really very hopeful, but I'm stuck. Nothing's going good in my life. I don't see a way out of the situation that I'm in. How can we start to 
connect with that internal GPS and, and really, maybe it's like the e-course, connect with the foundations of happiness. What's the beginning of that connection? Well, I'm so glad you brought it down to the individual because I'm thinking too, we're talking in such general terms. People yeah. listening are probably thinking, okay, what are these ladies discussing here? I don't even understand. <laughs> no, they find us fascinating. Um, I'm sure that they do. Uh, but you know what? I want to say, if this were me, and I was like this, I can remember going to church years ago, I would go to different places and I'd say, but I'm looking for something myself. I'm looking for the very thing I need. And so here's my answer to that question. And this goes right back to my mantra, living happy from the inside out. There is a place within us, and I would even call it our soul, that that is so covered over with the static of this world. It's what goes on in the media. It's all the training we receive. It's the messaging we get. It's everything. It's all of our life experiences. And yet there's a soul within us that's that's seated quietly, knowingly, and even outside time and space. And we have access to that soul. And that's the place that I would say we can go to. And so for whoever's listening today, I'd say the starting point is this even if it means taking five minutes a day. Now, maybe the five minutes could be first thing in the morning before you start your day, or maybe the five minutes is when you feel like you're at wit's end. Find a quiet space. Turn everything off. Get by yourself. Listen. Tune in. Put your hand over your heart. Close your eyes. Think upon something good. Say a prayer. Ask for the quiet place and the quiet space. Do you know that if we believe that there is nothing better, we're literally closing ourselves off. But if we go within, and you could say within is just like going above, to say, I know that there is a place of ultimate love, ultimate benevolence, ultimate equanimity for myself, for everyone, for all time that I came from, that I really exist in and that I know I'm going to return to. I want to touch that place right now. I want to connect with it right now. And I want to carry the awareness of that place, that knowingness of that rest and peace and walk out my day in it. And that is what I had to do. And I continue to do it because, you know, we can have a good day and all of a sudden we could get bad news or something. I will stop. And I will go to that place. And I do call it an inner GPS. It's like the place where our real self resides or the part of ourselves that connects with our source, our God's source. And as we tune out all of the static of the world and all of those emotions that, that you know, carry us everywhere and just go within, once we start tuning into that place, we start to connect with our real self. And the more we can do it, the more truth we get the more enlightenment we get. And each time we get it, Karen, all we need to do is to start living according to that truth. It's like acquiring a little bit more each time of the truth that we really are. And that truth becomes our peace. It becomes our light. It becomes our love light. And that's what we can share and live out of. And that's such a place of empowerment. It's a place of of trust. It's a place that really causes us to supersede or to rise above all the everyday challenges. And some of those challenges could be really hard, 
but we start with five minutes a day or five minutes when we know we need it and connect with that place. And the more we connect with it, the more we can live out of it. And I would just say, close your eyes, put your hand over your heart, and that will move the space away from the busy mind and into that place of peace. So simple and so authentic, so true, a way to touch something that is absolutely present and always present. That connection, even if I gave, you know, forgot about the violin at, I don't know, six years old, that connection, that callback is there for me to tap into wherever I want to. That reaching for the divine, that reaching for my freedom, my authentic self is available to me at any time. It's never too late or too early to tap into that peace that you're talking about. And it's always there. So true. And, you know, I'm glad you brought up the thing about the violin because, you know what, you can ask your soul one question at a time. Where was my happy moment in life? Remind me of it. And so even that becomes a memory that your soul knows that you can tap into and start remembering and absorb that place and then bring that place with you when you move forward. And that's how we tap in with our original self with our giftings, with our curiosities, with the literally with the life that's dwelling within us, but is oftentimes been just, um, I want to say, covered over and squelched. We literally give it place and space, almost like we're going into a well and we could constantly pull out of it, you know, and draw out of it. But unless we go there, it's, it's sort of like waiting in abeyance. We can be very thirsty people, but unless we go there, we're never going to be able to drink and really feel alive again mm. and afresh. For listeners who want to connect with you, and you offer so much, your website, there's a lot of resources on your website. You have books and the podcast and the e-course and you're speaking. Can you just do that, do that thing that I'm on the radio thing where you tell people where to find you and what you're offering so that people can connect. Okay. Well, people who are listening, thinking, how do I get happy from the inside out? They can go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, look up Maura Sweeney, Living Happy Inside Out. And I would say just um, subscribe to my podcast because they're 10 minutes or less. They'll ask a reflective question, they'll give an anecdotal story, and then they'll give you a little call to action. So it'll actually help someone get into that mode of, where is my happy spot? Where is that place that I could live out of where I could feel free and authentically me? And then beyond that, I would say Command Central is my website. It's my name, Maura, M as in Mary, A-U-R-A, followed by four, the number, and you, the letter, Maura for you.com because I'm always for you. They could get uh, my blogs. I have over 200 videos. There's a free book. There's little $1 books. And then there is my mega course, which I'm telling you, 50 years in the making of this beautiful course called Foundations of Happiness. It is a journey into the most wonderful person in the world. And that is you. And I will help anyone who's who's really desperate to find out who they are and what they're here for and how do they find their own peace and joy and authentic life. Um, there are things to listen to in the course, 
There are things to watch, there are things to read, and there are reflective exercises that literally bring people from place to place to place. They can look at the backdrop of their mind, they can change their narratives, and they can really get illuminated. And as far deeply as they want to go and as high as they want to go, that course will help them to do it. So everything, moraforyou.com. And I know that you coming up in the month of November here, we're in November 2016, you're part of a book launch that sounds really interesting. Can you say a little bit about the book that you contributed to? Yes, it's it's, uh, called I Bared My Chest. And um, it's very interesting work. It's I, I don't even want to call it an anthology, but it's a contribution of 21 women who are sharing everything about their lives. These are women from every background, from a couple of different countries, different ages, different circumstances, and literally talking about bearing their own chest um, in terms of going through life circumstances and heartache and hardships and continuing onward and upward. It's a very exciting book. I'm so happy to be part of it. And, um, you know, it's funny. I'm looking at it. I hope it's called I Bared My Chest. It's, um, let's see. Um, oh, goodness. I want to say that. I Bared My Chest, and it's for naked and unstoppable women. And the easiest way to find it is um, by even hashtagging I Bared My Chest. So it'll come up very easily. And it, it comes out in November. And I've only read my own part so far. But some of these women are just incredible where they've been. And anyone who reads it will feel empowered. They'll be able to learn and glean from other people. And I think they'll all feel like I could step out too and be who I am and be freely myself. And we look, we just circled right back to happiness, that authentic expression of ourself that then leads to that authentic presence in the world, which the rising tide lifts all boats. That's true. Beautiful. That's true. Maura, thank you so much for being on the show today. What great fun to talk to you. Thank you. Oh, Karen, you know what? I want to thank you. I think what I do these days is the greatest cover job because I get a chance to share stories, but more than that, to connect with people who I've always wanted to get to know, even though I never heard of them before. <laughs> and so now I have a feeling I'll be not only... Um, Uh, you know, on your show, but I will also be listening to it as a regular subscriber. So thank you so much for having me on. Oh, my goodness. You are very welcome. Thank you. That is Maura Sweeney. She is the author of the Art of Happiness series of books, the creator of the Foundations of Happiness e-course, and of course, the host of the podcast, Living Happy Inside out. And you can find out more about Mora and her work at moraforyou.com. That's M-A-U-R-A, the number four, the letter U.com, moraforyou.com. And of course, I welcome your feedback, your comments, your questions about the show. Did you hear anything today that lit you up? Did you maybe get a little bit of a tingle, a little bit of an idea about something that you've been told you couldn't do or something you've always wanted to do that you've put off doing? Did you get a little feeling today that you might want to try to take that little step toward happiness, whatever it might be. I welcome all your comments and questions. You can always reach me through email. My email address is karen at karenhager.com. And of course, karenhager.com is my website where you can book a private session with me. You can find out about classes and events, all kinds of good stuff there at karenhager.com. And thank you so much for listening today. Together, we are spreading a little more light in the world 
and a little more light is always a good thing. Until next time, I'm wishing you peace. Peace.